You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, NPR takes a $20 million hit. Hamish and Andy in their third decade of dominance. Radio rules podcasting across the ditch. Slow burns, big win. How to earn big on Patreon. And getting wrapped ahead of Christmas. Alrighty, stocks so... Not a huge week in podcast, but not a small week either by any stretch. There's always something happening in the world of podcasting. Yeah, just not that one big story this week. I um, want to kick off this week by just shouting out super producer Mandy. Um, she is currently in Adelaide um, battling the COVID mm-hmm. and isolating. In, she's currently isolating in Adelaide and going through also some family health issues. So we just wanted to say that everyone at Behind the Podcast, DM podcast and Batuta Advocate is thinking of you and missing you and wishing you a return to health soon. And lots of love to the family. Totally. Go Mandy. Well, let's jump into it. We've got a little bit of breaking news. Um, this sort of broke. We're sitting here at 10.10 in the morning and this broke about five, six hours ago. But NPR has announced it is severely restricting hiring and institutional budget cuts. Um, because of a 20 million US dollar deficit in sponsorship revenue this fiscal year per a memo that went out to staff. This was reported by Ashley Carmen from Bloomberg and a spokesman tells us that their revenue primarily comes from corporate sponsors that are sensitive to changes in the economy. Clearly part of the broader trend we're seeing in media. NPR is avoiding layoffs for now and thinks budget cuts and a hiring scale back will save enough dollars. Yeah, I think this is interesting. Like from my point of view, I think this is probably one of these ones where NPR, it's the sort of media company where people kind of want to be involved in to, to virtue signal, to sort of show that they're a bit hip and that they care about the right things. It's a very easy kind of logo to put on your board and, and say that you are kind of conscious about things that are going on in the world and, and it puts forward that message quite easily. Yeah, it has a very strong brand in that space. For yeah, sure. but sadly, you know, if it's one of these things where, you know, the companies have their big budget and they're allocating a small amount to that, you know, it might come under the CSR budget or something like that, then, you know, it's one of those ones that might be one of the first to go. So I think that's probably what we're seeing here. Sponsorship, obviously, uh, and advertising has dropped a fair bit um, over the past year. So, yeah, not, not a huge surprise there, but I guess, you know, the, the figure is quite alarming for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. That's a big deficit, mm-hmm. not a big company. Yeah. Fun, fun. Yeah, well, hopefully they can fight through that and come out the other side. Yeah. Well, this should be of little surprise to people, but just really interesting to kind of reflect on on these two. Australia's favourite comedy duo, Hamish and Andy, uh, have signed an early long-term contract with SCA's listener. Yeah, this is not a huge surprise. I mean, the early part doesn't hasn't really been explained in, in any of the press releases that have come out or any of the commentary. So I'm not up to speed with how long their current contract was, but it sounds like they're very happy and getting paid very well and they've been locked down for yeah. many more years. Sounds like your classic sort of sporting contract where someone's performing in the first year of a you know, however many year contract and they give them the early extension and lock them in for a little bit longer. I mean, this is obviously one of Australia's most beloved comedy duos and they're still pretty young. I mean, yeah. the guy's in the early 40s, I believe. Yeah, yeah. 
And this is the third decade as part of the SCA family, obviously starting out on radio and pushing all the way through. And yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Like in the world of entertainment, I mean, to have a 30-year career is one thing. To have a 30-year career in the one establishment under the one kind of brand is just truly amazing. Yeah, look, one of the podcasts you always you still hear mentioned, and it does surprise me, is how often it gets cited as when we talk to new talent about, yeah. the, oh, I've got a new format, I've got a this, I've got a that. And you go, okay, well, what are your podcasts that you're referencing here? Yeah. And what do you like? And let's give give us something as a, as a guide to what you're thinking. And Hamish and Andy comes up a lot. Yeah, we are the Hamish and Andy of... Yeah, or dot, dot, I dot. like Hamish and Andy. Yeah. Um, I like the way they do this, or I like the way they do that, and people reference it. It used to be Rogan a lot more, but people have gone, oh, well, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, but there used to be everyone just going, oh, look, I just want to talk to my mates, have a spliff, drink some brown spirits and dribble on for two hours and i think people have worked out that that's actually very hard yeah <laughs> um, but a lot of people going still like that idea of hey i'll grab my mate and we'll be funny as all hell yeah that's right be great. everyone tells us we're funny we reckon we can do this i mean look mates is it they are australia's mates they've been operating in that space for you know three decades obviously and, and do it incredibly well i think the amount of people who must stop them on the street and just assume that they are straight in buddy buddy it would be just astronomical yes <laughs> yes do you listen to their show I used to be uh, a religious fan and I just haven't sort of kept up with it as much. I think, you know, obviously just time spent um, or time to find, you know, for the extra podcast is just a little bit harder these days. But yeah, I can always drop in any time and just feel like the personal jokes, the things that have gone on, you can pick up on those pretty quickly. You always feel welcome. Mm. So there is, in addition to this, there is the Hamish Nandy's Remembering Project, which is now in its fourth season as an exclusive first run and listener, right? But that's where they dive into the archives from their 2,500 radio shows across two decades to see if they can recall what was going on behind the scenes at that exact time. Yeah, I, it's, it's I didn't a, know this format existed. So. No, it's a terrific format. I've been watching this more than I have been listening to it because it comes up on Instagram as well. I follow them on Instagram. So they're great little, you know, shorts that you can see on there as well and little uh, give you little tastes into what they're diving into. You know, as I said, I listened to it a long time ago. A lot of these things, I can still remember them doing them at the time. Um, but yeah, an excellent way to get a bit more use out of all of the content that you've already done. Wow. Look, um, Hamish Nandy released a statement saying, we said we'd do 40 shows for 40 years, so I guess we are an eighth of the way there. Okay. I mean, you can see that these guys are probably going to have a, like a Burt Newton-style run here yeah. in terms of they will be in a generation, several generations of Australian people's lives from their teen years through to whenever. Absolutely. And it's one of these ones, it's like the Wiggles, you know, like people who were listening to the Wiggles as kids are now adults having their own kids and they introduce them to the Wiggles. It's the same thing with Hamish and Andy. Yeah, and they've negotiated through that sort of late 20s, early 30s, tragic breakup, maybe Grand Hackett and Crown Casino type of moment. That's right. Um, so I think they're safe now. Yeah. Just keep producing the content, boys. And they've got their own little side projects, you know, Andy does the, the 100 and, and Hamish does the Lego show, you know, both amongst a myriad of other things as well. So there's plenty to keep them occupied, but they've always got that anchor of each other. Yeah, and look, the last interesting thing here that's it was just at the bottom of the press release is that Hamish and Andy podcast will be played in hits breakfast slot across the nation leading into Christmas starting from December 5 so this is really SCA leaning on their radio network yeah. and going well hey we, we can use this podcast slotted into our peak dry, uh, morning slot also save some money yeah. you know, well let's go find Sophie Mark and someone else to run it over summer or let's just get the most popular people yeah. let's just chuck them on in the morning from there until Christmas it's look it's only going to do good things for the podcast and 
I'm more likely to listen to radio if I know that's on. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating thinking about radio's relationship with podcasts as well, whereas, you know, radio would first start just basically packaging their radio shows and putting them into a podcast feed and off you go, whereas now they're creating a podcast specifically that's being fed back into the radio. So, yeah. Interesting. Now, the danger of this starting to sound like a, a listener-pilled podcast. Uh, in other news, Will Anderson has announced that all his uh, long-running pods are going to listener. So those are the thirty-odd uh, feet of podcast, podcast, and uh, philosophy, which has been on hiatus for a while. But this is, I guess, listener really shoring up this space of we have these iconic top Australian the comic premier talent. talent. Yeah, yeah. At least the male side, they're going. Well, we've got these guys. Here we go. Yeah. All right, let's go across the Dutch. Yeah, staying in kind of the radio realm of podcasting, I suppose. Yeah, so the nominations for the New Zealand Podcast Awards have just been announced. Um, radio New Zealand, RNZ, which is basically the ABC, BBC mm-hmm. of is New Zealand, not? of the 25 categories, they had 23 nominations. Not a great look for New Zealand. Oh, I mean, it's just where they're at. It's at an embryonic yeah. stage and there clearly need to be more opportunities for more voices to find their way through and to also feel good enough about their work to go to justify the entry fee in a podcast award where they feel like they've got a chance to win it and they also can justify paying the fee to enter. So bit bit of way to go for New Zealand podcasts, but uh, we do have a podcast, Wellness Fucking Wednesdays, by <laughs> the iconic Nix Adams. And if you haven't seen her, check it out. This is a fantastic podcast. And she's a finalist in the best health and well-being category. Yeah, awesome. And let's give a shout out to the other nominees as well, which include OCW, Transparent, Elephant, Crimes New Zealand, and Waka Maori. Do you reckon you got that right? And Waka Maori. Yeah, okay. We'll go with that. All right. Now, more award news. It is award season stocks. It is. Yeah. Real estate agents just going ballistic. (laughs) We've had the Australian Podcast Awards, the New Zealand Podcast Awards. Not to be outdone by all of that, a little company called Apple have got their 2022 Apple Podcast Award winner. I mean, no, did anyone know this was coming? I had no idea. Yeah, and how do you enter? I don't think you do. Don't know. Yeah. But here we are. We have a winner. Slate's narrative non-fiction series Slow Burn uh, has taken out the prize for the latest season covering Roe v. Wade. So you reckon Tim Cook was a judge? Maybe. But I mean, you know, this wasn't necessarily a, an Apple production. It wasn't associated with Apple in any way, shape or form. So at least there's some, you know, objectivity there, which is great. Yeah. And you've not listened to any Slow Burn in no, the past? No, but Slow Burn, right, so... Am I right in saying it's a format where they do series of eps on a specific subject? So I've seen they've done Watergate, uh, the Clinton impeachment, and there's one that I think you've listened to, the Big Tupac? That's right, Big in Tupac. So, yeah, as you said, look, that, and the name would suggest it is a slow burn. It's a bit more of a deep dive into things. Some are, some are historical, some are more culturally and currently relevant, i.e. Roe v. Wade. It is a really good podcast, and it's very well researched. It's very well presented. It's very well put together. So it's a worthy nomination, a nomination, and a worthy winner for sure. It was interesting, just you know, the lack of hype leading up to this. They just announced it. Yeah, they announced it, and the the award looks like a purple Apple TV. Yeah, that's right. Sort of tiny writing on it. It's like okay, I got one of these now. But it's funny, they in the press release, they kind of talked about what comes with this and there's a bit of more exclusive content that's going to be released, you know, as a part of this. Um, yeah, six bonus episodes. That's it. I wonder if Apple's paying for that. 
Yeah, that's interesting as well. I mean, was this kind of deal done and then they worked an award around it? Don't know. <laughs> that's obviously just oh, a big, I you know, like out there, but who knows? That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, they must have known a while ago that this was going to happen to then announce the six episodes on top. What else do you get for winning the award? Well, on top of that little trophy, they talk about a bit more of a kind of takeover um, on, the, on the page itself. Like you've got a bit of a dedicated page around this. But logging on to the Apple Podcast platform and, and even the, the desktop version, of it as well i didn't see it like straight away i mean you've got to sort of really dig in to find it and now it's one of these things where you think it would just have a bit more prominence if totally. it's something that they want to kind of promote a bit more so my itunes account sits over in the it's a us one uh-huh um for better or worse and it didn't show up there either. it didn't so come up for you no, okay right so i thought no. maybe it was because i was locked in australia no it's it's a weird one um so look the criteria for the award they took into account metrics like chart performance listener engagement and reviews so there is a data-driven aspect to it, yeah. but it does feel like this is also Roe vs. Wade is absolute, uh, like a progressive left-leaning company like Apple. This yeah. is absolute catnip for them. Yep, it's a good cause to put yourself behind. So good on you. Agree. I guess there's sort of a bigger question here, and I, I say this, I'll clarify this by saying this is a podcast that is a partnership with the Australian Podcast Awards. But um, at some point, the industry needs to come together and create a more definitive award structure, I guess, particularly in the US, but I think globally as well. Um, but if you're even looking over here, you go, okay, well, iHeart was the headline sponsor of the podcast awards. Yeah. Their brand was everywhere. They were the, they had the top slot. And that meant a company like Listener didn't even bother entering a podcast. So that's people like Hamish and Andy. Uh-huh. They didn't sponsor and they didn't attend. In the US, there's the Ambies, but it seems like there is a lot of, there's nothing, not a centralized body yeah. for podcasting. Yeah. And it seems like it's a, quite a long way from that. So it's interesting that just you do have these awards that just sort of sit off in their own bit. And then the radio is trying to own it with their radio podcast awards as well. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just part of the growth, but it seems like we're a long way off having that sort of definitive structure. Yeah. And particularly if, if you know, the key sponsors are a deterrent from other uh, shows or agencies or companies even nominating themselves in the first place or, 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 or submitting entries. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can get a bit more of a kind of wider ranging um, bunch of nominees in the future because people feel like it will be objective no matter what kind of, you know, who the sponsors are or, or whatever. Yeah. Now, anyone who is put their email address into their podcast RSS feed would be across the amount of spam you get hit up with. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's spam as in industry spam. It's not, um, hey, come look me up. I'm a Russian bride or it's yep. not, uh, your SEO is terrible. It is all podcast-related stuff. But it, it, look, it's there, it's a thing, but it's not really aggressive. Yeah. Apple says podcasts don't need email addresses anymore in their RSS feed is a way to combat spam mm-hmm. because what's been the situation is when you have an RSS feed, you had to have had an email address attached to it. And Buzzsprout and Podbean and Canada's Transistor podcast platform are all among those who have now removed email addresses by default from feeds. You can yep. put one in, but yep. the default is you don't have to have it. Yeah, so this will stop spammers scraping the email addresses and then sending you unwanted emails. I yeah. Don't, I don't think it's a big deal, but I do understand the idea to not wanting to have spam email, but I've got seven email addresses as well, so eh, <laughs> now I'm coming from an abnormal position on this. Yeah. I think, look, I mean, there's so much in the media, obviously, around security things as well, so someone getting a hold of your email address and we know with a lot of things podcasting it is quite an open sort of system um and no doubt there aren't you know that many controls and 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 measures in place to protect people's privacy yes so you know getting access to someone's email is a small thing but it is a 
piece of a larger puzzle and, and, you know, it's probably something that should be protected a bit better. Yeah. Yeah, opt-in probably is better than... Yeah, and you can understand, you know, Apple as a... As a kind of proposition, what they lean into heavily is security in all of their products and, and all of their services, privacy and security. That's right. So I can certainly understand their want to kind of make that, you know, not as accessible for people out there who might want to do or act in nefarious ways. Well, there's a dissenting voice out there, Jules, apart from me. The Canadian <laughs> Podcast Awards are yeah. not having any of it. The removal of, of email addresses from RSS feeds isn't one we agree with or will support. The organization says, so adding, we do not have any plans at the moment to support feeds without contact information. Well, a hard line stands yeah. there from the Canadian Podcast yeah. Awards. <laughs> Look at them go. Stand on notice. <laughs> Little bit of data today that's came out. Patreon and podcasting. Why do business shows earn less? This is a report from Rephonic. And basically what they do is they go into which podcasts uh, make the most on Patreon. Now, film history podcasts get the most monthly Patreon pledges on average by value. The average total pledges received by film history shows is $89, which is significantly higher than average. Mm. On the other side of the spectrum, the figure for a self-improvement podcast is very low at 30 cents. All figures are US. That's certainly a big gap. And if I was going to be starting a podcast, I think I would be just looking at this for a big bit of inspiration on the kind of content that might be worth doing. Yeah, and look, other findings they had were patrons of French language podcasts are a bit more generous than English language podcasts. And okay. You may say that the same about French lovers too, English lovers. <laughs> but I mean, they, one thing I do caveat with this, particularly with film history, is that it's a small sample size. So it could be skewed by a couple of really iconic Patreon film history podcasts, yep. which could be skewing this completely. Yeah, that's right. And as you see with a lot of these things, I think, you know, some of the first movers are the ones who tend to enjoy the fruits of these sorts of services or whatever it is early on. But as the market becomes more diluted, it can be harder to get that share. But, you know, we'll see if that trend continues. Yeah. All right. And the last thing to get out of here on is Spotify wrapped day is today. That's right, Stocks. I've looked at mine already. Have you looked at yours? I have. One thing I found interesting, right? So mine came up with some of the old favorites as you would imagine a lot of ringer stuff in there bill simmons the big picture plain english the town all of these sorts of things that i just listen to avidly but part of my morning routine really is i'll go the squiz and then i go the abc news daily and lately i've been doing the guardian uh deep dive one um uh, i forget what that's called but none of those came into my uh, podcast most listened to which i found interesting because this is literally every single day of the year outside of saturday and sundays but i started listening to the saturday squiz right but they don't come up so i'm wondering is this just a minutes thing because they're shorter that's not as many minutes that, uh, that i've listened to these shows whereas obviously the aforementioned are all kind of you know in that half an hour to an hour range that's interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, with the songs they come in, which is the most played and how many times, it's how yeah. many times you listen to something. But yeah. with podcasts, they've gone minutes, maybe. Yeah. Mine was very ringer heavy as well, mm. which isn't a surprise. But just thinking there are other podcasts I listen to religiously that yeah. didn't make it on there. I'm wondering maybe if they're putting their finger on the scale and just going, yeah. well, these are ones that we all, we own. Yeah, true, true. Mm. There you go. Uh, conspiracy theory too. Yeah, and yeah. we look forward to seeing everyone posting their wrapped for 2022. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm over it. You're not a poster? Well, I think what's interesting about it is, you know, Spotify are the only ones, they're not the only ones who do this, but they're the ones who do this the best. 
and they do it in platform. And when you come on, you know, this morning, you will have seen it and it's shining and you'll have the pop-up and all that sort of stuff. So you can dismiss that. Then you'll see it in your main feed and all the rest of it. And when you actually go into it, it's really done very, very well. Mm. And the animation's fantastic and each of the categories are great. Some of the language that they use, I don't get because I'm probably a bit too old now. So I'm outside of that kind of, you know, what's hip in terms of language. So I was like, oh yeah, cool, 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 cool. That's me. Yep, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but it's sort of, people anticipate this at the end of the year and it's something that they look forward to because it's a bit of a, like, some things pop up which you wouldn't expect, some things you completely expect, some things, you know, you might do the long con just to kind of have pop up in your end of year list to make you seem maybe a little bit more intelligent or weird or whatever you kind of, however you want to kind of push this and send to your friends as a bit of a laugh. Apple and a couple of others, they've started to try and do this as well, but you have to click out of the platform to go and look at this and it sits on a web page off site. So, I mean, it's a big barrier. If you go out, then you got to come back in. It's sort of really disruptive of what you were doing. So, I'm sure as a kind of, you know, audience retention thing, it's obviously a small part of the bigger plan, but it's a very effective one and, and certainly one that gets a lot of exposure from them for them in a from a marketing perspective. Yeah, it's beautifully delivered, I will say that. They really take advantage of the sort of twenty second loops that you get with a lot of songs mm-hmm. on Spotify. And so it's a visually a beautiful experience to go through your wrapped. Yeah. But I will not be sharing mine. And <laughs> the reason is uh, my mother's Alexa is hooked up to my Spotify. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more of sort of 50s and 60s love ballads than <laughs> I want. Skewing, you know, talking of putting your finger on the scales. Yeah, okay. My rap is not a representation. <laughs> oh, look, it is. It's mainly my stuff, but she does listen to a fair bit of that when she's not listening to Smooth FM. Yeah, well, so, you've got a perfect excuse there. Stocks. Yeah, and yeah. so I will not be sharing. <laughs> and my wife, obviously, is starting to get taken over by our little one, uh, Margot. So she will have a strong uh, representation on our end of year wrapped in the years to come, no doubt. Look forward to it. Um, and just to summarize, um, for the third year in a row, the platform's most stream artist was Bad Bunny. And the top most streamed podcast, or I guess what we're saying is the most minutes listened to, was uh, old Joe, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, so a worthwhile investment for Spotify. Absolutely. Okay, well, that wraps up Behind the Podcast for the week. Thanks again to everyone for the listens. And you can follow us on Instagram at Behind the Podcast or email us with any questions, thoughts, or inspirations at btp at dm.org.au. It's a wrap. It's a wrap.